0: pray Come Holy Spirit Lord we give you permission to do what you desire Make our minds hearts and souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit Illuminate the scriptures for us reveal to us the face of Christ and the Father Convict and console our hearts speak Lord for your servants are listening Hail Mary Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Why did you ever make us leave Egypt? Why did you ever make us leave Egypt? These words of the Israelites as they are journeying through the desert, and it says, in their thirst for water, they cried out to Moses, Why did you ever make us leave Egypt? This is this is interesting, right? Because what was Egypt? They were enslaved. They were literal slaves. And their slavery continued to get worse the longer they were there. Because as their numbers grew, then the the Egyptian pharaoh wanted to oppress them more and more so that their numbers wouldn't grow for fear that they would turn against him. And so here they are, having been miraculously set free by God. And they're longing to go back to Egypt in their thirst. Why? Why? Because because they were like so consumed with the thirst of the moment that it clouded their vision. They couldn't see the present rightly and they couldn't see the past rightly. And so they were just thinking and longing for a full belly. And so the same thing happens to us many times. That in the difficulty of the moment, in the longing and the suffering of the moment, it clouds our vision and we cannot see the present nor the past nor the future rightly. It gets clouded. They're, they're on their way, the Lord guiding them step by step on their way to the promised land. And they're like, hey, we just want to go back to slavery. I was thinking of this in the context, right, of us because the Israelites' journey from slavery in Egypt to freedom in the promised land and that time in the desert of purification and healing and growing intimacy of the Lord is, is uh, our life. Like it's, it's just a microcosm of our spiritual life live with the Lord. From slavery and sin, the Lord purifying us and drawing us into the promised land beginning here but ultimately in heaven. And so sometimes it happens for us that we have experienced some new freedom in the Lord, whether it's a, a new conversion or a deeper conversion or a, a beautiful season in our spiritual life. And we see this growth, and prayer just kind of opens up in a new way. And we're excited about the teachings of the Lord. And, and there's like a, a hunger and a sweetness and a vibrancy to our life of faith. And like, this is good. Let's keep going. And we're excited. And then maybe we hit a dry spell. Maybe that dry spell goes a little bit longer. And We're like, okay, Lord, I'm a dry spell, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And then maybe that dry spell goes a little bit longer. Gosh, like I'm faithful to prayer. One of the things, like, what's going on? And then we begin to feel, and sometimes from the depths of our being, this longing to go back to Egypt. Like Lord, why did you make me leave the way that I was living? Because right now, this just feels hard and painful. Why did you make me leave the way that I was living? And it clouds, right? This longing and this suffering and this dryness can sometimes cloud our vision. And we forget what the Lord did for us. And we forget his promises. And we forget his providence for us right there in our life. And why would the Lord allow this time of dryness? The Lord will allow this time of dryness in the same way he allowed the hunger and the thirst of the woman at the well. She goes to the well, and she encounters Christ, and Jesus speaks to her, right? Give me a drink, and she's immediately defensive. Why, why would you, a Jewish man, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for something to drink? Don't you realize we're enemies, like, like this, you shouldn't even be talking to me, and it was more about her own insecurity than it was about Christ, like, Why are you even talking to me? I'm going to put a wall up because I'm not even going to allow you to hurt me. And then he says, but well, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew who was speaking to you, then you would actually ask me for a drink. And again, continuing to be defensive, she's like, "Uh, I don't know if you noticed, (laughs) but the well is deep and you don't have a bucket, Okay. So how are you, right, how are you going to give me something to drink? And sometimes we can doubt the Lord, like in that place of dryness, in the place of thirst, it's like, God, like, can you even do this for me? Can you even satisfy my thirst? Because what I see before me is that you don't have the resources. But then Jesus says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but the water that I will give will be the rivers of living water. Well, you will never thirst again. And at this moment, it was something in Jesus' voice, maybe something in the way he spoke or looked at her, that it allowed her defenses to come down, and she was vulnerable in that moment. Lord, then give me that water. Because I am tired of coming to this well over and over again. Give me that water. And so in that moment where she was allowed to be vulnerable, right, and and express this longing and this desire before the Lord, then Jesus wants to move deeper. He says, well, go get your husband. She says, well, I, I don't have a husband. He says, you're right, but you've had five husbands, and the man you're with is not your husband. And then so in this moment, right, he wants to go deeper than just the general longing and the general thirst of her soul. He's like, I want you to see all the ways and all the places in your life that you are grasping at to fill this thirst that cannot do it. And all of these relationships that you have grasped and grasped and grasp to fill the longing in your heart that only the Lord can fill and I need you to notice it and I need you to name it and I need you to place it out there before me. But in that moment, right, she becomes like we often do when the Lord is like, hey, you see that thing in your life? (laughs) I want you to let it go. You see this thing that you're clinging to more than you're clinging to me? And we're like, uh, oh, well, let's talk about something theoretical. I see you're a prophet, uh, you know, but we worship, you worship, uh, you know, over in Jerusalem, but we worship on this mountain here. And he's like, (laughs) okay, now you're trying to distract us. What's going on? But he continues to speak to her heart. To try to get her to be honest. To name those things. In our suffering, and our dryness sometimes and longing for the Lord, he allows it so that what can happen is the things that we begin then to want to grasp at again, or the things that we are longing for, like can I go back to Egypt, then that reminds us that there is still a level of attachment and longing for those things more than for God. And so it's a mercy to him to allow us to be thirsty so that he can say, that and that and that, I want them. Why? Because the Lord has come to espouse our souls. And it might be something, again, like particularly for guys, a little bit hard, like, whoa, 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 right? But this this is the deep, like, he, he, he wants this woman, a well in Scripture is a place of marriage. It's a place of, like, meeting your spouse. And so this woman had five husbands, and she's with another man. That's six. And Jesus comes as her true spouse, the seventh, the number of perfection in Scriptures. He's like, the one who you have been longing for is now here, and he is asking for you, asking you for a drink. Because he wants to give you the rivers of living water. He wants to espouse our souls. And it's not this sexual thing, but it's using marriage as an image to a deeper, more more profound reality of this deep communion of soul that he wants. This singleness of attachment to him. And so when we sin and when we grasp at other things, it is not only sin, it is not only a mistake, it is not only a moral failure. What it is, it is that is it is infidelity to the Lord. It is being unfaithful to the one who has espoused us at baptism, offering his life for us so he just wants in these dry times to reveal this to us and then in those moments begin to like put them down as the woman at the well did to put them down and to 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 again embrace the lord so maybe you're in a dry time now or certainly you will be at some point in the future and we will cry out to the lord right grumbling against moses grumbling against the lord why did you ever make me leave egypt I had a full belly. And this is just painful in the desert. And in those moments, the Lord is like, yes. Keep thirsting. Keep thirsting. And whatever it is that in your heart is rising up to grasp at, that is not me, give it to me. And what I will give you in return is the river of living water. Because he says to us, come, all you who thirst, and I will give you living water. For the one who believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from within him. Come, all you who thirst, And I will give you living water. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.